0: You know, on second thoughts, maybe I won't have a drink with you. Okay, then I'll go home. a safe trip. I'll go home and call the TV stations, give them what they want. Let them take their cameras into my daughter's hospital room. Put it on the evening news. I don't give a shit whether you did it or not, and neither will anyone else. But I will put such a stranglehold on your gun money, you'll be out in the street throwing rocks. I will fucking destroy you. I will make it my mission in life. There, this is pivotal film.
1: I am Tom Nolan, and I'm Mario Ponzio, and this is episode eighty-one. And luckily, after some drama, me and Tom still have jobs. Mm-hmm. The powers that be wanted to replace us with Bobcat goldwaith and candace Cameron. Luckily, there was a bit of a social media backlash, and uh, we're back here.
0: Yeah, Bobcat Goldwaite has some interesting things going on in his Twitter, apparently. Yeah, and I guess just so. Couldn't host the, Just couldn't host the.
1: <laughs> I guess so. Uh, more a reference to Kevin Hart being announced the host of the Oscars, and then 48 hours later going, no, I'm good, after realizing nobody wants to host the Oscars.
0: Well, it was 48 hours later after saying, I'm not going to apologize twice, and then saying, yeah, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do this.
1: <laughs> What's ridiculous, did you hear how much they pay Jimmy Kimmel for that? No. Like, only 50, apparently only, like, $15,000. Seriously? That's, that's nothing, though. For, like, how much time that takes to prepare, and, like... Really? What, you think that's a lot? No, I think it's
0: terrible. Yeah,
1: that's what he said. He said about $15,000. So like that's like he's probably making like a little more than us. <laughs> that's odd. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like, "Oh, it's a real honor to host the Oscars." It's like, "No, gross." Yeah. Jimmy Kimmel has the show right after the Oscars. He's fine. He doesn't need he doesn't need the exposure of the well, Oscars. The
0: fact that they, you know, Kevin Hart was a kind of last minute like pull in for this job that nobody wanted. I yeah. mean, no, most of the time they have the Oscar host lined up months in advance. Like you know, Is mu- Billy not Crystal months dead, in advance, but months I mean, and months in advance because nobody cares about Billy Crystal. I would. I want to see Billy Crystal again. You want to see Billy Crystal make Steve Black Martin, Martin jokes or Steve
1: Martin? Yeah, I want to see an old Jewish <laughs> man make black panther jokes and i want to see steve martin obviously who hasn't seen black panther i can only assume now i'm just imagining steve martin
0: with his obviously thick horn-rimmed glasses arrow in head sitting in front of like a screening room in his in his house watching black panther just being like what is trying w- to contain his erection from Michael w- B. jordan's wakanda uh, abs what's a wakanda
1: <laughs> just yeah. just very confused <laughs> Been a, it's been a fun week in awards. It's in my uh, mind. Oh, we should open this beer sure We should open the beer before. I guess we can't really do a pre-A block and then beer and, and then, then an A yeah, yeah. block. All
0: right. So it's, um, we're, we're sticking dark. Um, I guess it hasn't been a fun week in awards. Fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this is it's the first time we've had this um, brewery on our show. It's Outer Light Brewing Company out of Groton, Connecticut. This is their libation propaganda. It is a stout with coffee added. Um, is a, oh, it says it's a collaboration with Ash, Ashland Farm Coffee huh. Which is apparently locally so, roasted whole bean coffee So
1: Fox Farm Brewing does a beer, a coffee stout called Ashland which, So I can only assume that Ashland Farms are whores And just <laughs> spreading themselves
0: out to all of the Well, listen, if, they, if it's in service of a good beer, then, you know What
1: happens if it tastes exactly the same?
0: I don't know, Mario
1: then it'll show that we'll coffee is the We'll have to drink that one next week
0: and oh, compare they them. Don't, they don't can that. So, we'll have to
1: go get I some. I don't even think they can any. Well, they do. No, they do. They do can, Fox Farm. All right. Dink it. I'm actually not getting a lot of coffee. No. And you know, what's, what's funny is this actually tastes very similar to um, the Ashland from Fox Farm. The Ashland from Fox Farm is a little more malt forward. So you get, um, I guess, a little more like an oatmeal or grain taste to it. Mm. Or... um
0: Whereas this it just has... I don't know. I wonder if they're dull. trying to go with an espresso feel. Yeah, mouth feel, Because that, it's not though. as creamy as like a stout. You would think a stout would be? You know what I mean? Seems, yeah. Seems a little... No, it's a little boring in mm-hmm. body.
1: Um, like last week with the black lager, that was a very typical body, but the taste was something that you wouldn't expect that body, so it made it unique. Whereas this has
0: the taste of
1: a stout
0: um, kind like of a stout base yeah without a lot of notes well, what's interesting going is, on on is, top of it look at the
1: color the color just looks like kind of an old coke mm. it's like there's no like real Doesn't kind of like haziness to it all right well there was that beer <laughs> it's not bad it's not the worst one we've had no, it's definitely not the worst movie. It's had. not the accidental tourist or usual suspects of beers. So That's, okay, there you go. All
0: right, so let's talk about our terrible week of awards, awards. things. Well, Real quick, you know before what? Talk about there anybody. is some
1: there is some really good things in awards this week. Actually, was it this week or last week? The uh, New York Film Critics. Right. Well, yeah, you know, just said the first reforms amazing, and that is correct. Um, they also honored also and support was the best, girls. Virginia
0: Regina King got best actress for sports girls yeah which
1: was a surprise you know um, puts her into the running but um in terms of your big awards uh which you know isn't really a precursor award people always it's not. years ago people were like the golden globes are such a fucking precursor man and this is going to show like what's going to win best picture and
0: it's like no it's not well certainly not this year <laughs> Well, yeah well there's i mean i think the problem is that so you just said first reformed is getting all this love all over the place and the Hollywood Foreign Press Association doesn't nominate it at all. Yeah, they don't. I mean, like Ethan Hawke, specifically for screenplay and specifically Ethan Hawke, and the Hollywood Foreign Press just says no, no thanks. Yeah, and it's it's no interesting because it's always
1: been shown as seen as a not popularity contest with the Golden Globes nominating the. Oh man, Hollywood Foreign Press Uh-oh. cops are coming for yeah. us. Um, Always seen as nominating the most
0: famous. Well, yeah. I mean, famously that year when – I don't even know who directed that movie. The Tourist came out with Johnny Depp oh, and God. Angelina Jolie, and they both got nominations, and it got nominated, and the movie just It didn't got, get it. It didn't get it. I thought it did get a picture. It got a picture – no, comedy. it got a picture nomination, but it didn't get a director
1: nomination. No, no, no. But it got, like, creamed in the press. Yeah. I mean – Looking at their Best Actress in a Motion Picture Drama category, that's fine.
0: Except for the fact that Destroyer isn't even out yet.
1: Destroyer is apparently, who's seen also, Destroyer? All the people I've seen it have said like this is only carried by her, and the rest of the movie's not at all good. So, right. It's one of those nominations that makes sense in the Globes, but
0: well, yeah. Then they, they I guess they did that with a couple of things, like they nominated, um, you know, John C. Riley as um in the Stan and Ollie movie.
1: Yeah, that was. <laughs> That's a weird one. I've <laughs> seen it. Well, I think the earlier reviews have said that that's okay. But I, that's such a boring, okay... And this is kind of well, showing that's, the fact that you the don't weird need thing two separate categories. John C.
0: Riley is... Everyone says if John C. Riley's going to get a nomination, he should get a supporting actor nomination for The Sisters Brothers. Yeah. Which everyone says, like, oh, this movie's pretty good. John C. Riley is great. Well, the thing I
1: really find funny in the best act... I think the best actor in a drama category is, you know, outside of the exclusion of... Ethan Hawke Which in place be, of Lucas Hedges. Yeah, yeah. Lucas We're, Hedges is not tasted the Oscars this year. He's a great actor. Yeah. Moya Race is uh, you know, Joel Edgerton maybe not is the, is maybe not the director we thought he could be. Um, uh, yeah, we all
0: had such high hopes for Joel Edgerton.
1: <laughs> but the one I find really funny is Lin Manuel Miranda Come on, man. being nominated yeah, for Best what Actor. About it's because he's Lin Manuel Miranda. They're like, oh, maybe he'll sing.
0: Right, but he's gonna sing anyway. Yeah. Just ask him to sing. <laughs> Yeah. You don't have to give him an award. He's going to go. He doesn't care. He's going to wear a Puerto Rican flag on his lapel and he's going to show up at the thing. You don't have to nominate these people. All these people want to drink together at tables. The one thing that I would say is good
1: coming out of this is, you know, despite not being famous at all, typically, um, Richard E. Grant getting the supporting right. actor nomination, which I think is kind of more soundly confirming our beliefs that he's going to be. Most likely the winner in that category. Well, he's
0: before we get to. Um, I mean,
1: maybe Mahashal Ali
0: um, and him. Yeah, maybe, seem like maybe the two. it seems like the two people that are going to go toe to toe for this award. I mean, we can do this. Black
1: Panther got a score nomination.
0: I didn't well, even got, notice that. Black Panther also got a nomination for Album of the Year because the Grammy nominations also came out. So Black Panther the album. But that's, With, that's different. By Kendrick Lamar got that's nominated. That's different I know, but the Black, score. They're just, just like, did they think, it. did they it think it's the Panther. same
1: thing? They're like, oh, I did not know Kendrick Lamar's real name was Ludwig Gorson.
0: Another positive thing, <laughs> another positive out of the Golden Globe nominations, I guess, is that the best picture drama is, you know, two, three out of the five movies are, you know, African-American. Yeah. Directed African-American starring movies. Um, with um, with and two of, are, talk, and two of them Panther are and two of
1: <laughs> Two of the drama nominees are just musicals,
0: right? So the other, t- <laughs> the other three, they're, yeah, it's, it's either legitimate it's either movies. Three
1: movies that should be in the other category, <laughs> and uh,
0: you know, I don't know. We'll see. Um, well, it, well, it doesn't matter. Wait, Who wait,
1: wait, 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 Green Book is considered a musical comedy. Sure, yeah. Why not?
0: Why not just? Viggo Mortensen's so funny.
1: Why not just put? Green Book and drama. Move. Move. Stars Born over the musical comedy or Bohemian Rap, Whatever. Whatever movie they've already decided they because want to give that award to. Old school
0: systemic racism. Mario is hilarious. Okay. That's yeah. whatever. That's, that's how you gotta play it. You know what?
1: Bill Hader and Henry Winkler got nominations
0: for Barry. More Wait, people need to see that show. But you know, it didn't get any Golden Globe nominations. This is us. Maniac. Zero. Oh. For director, for actress, for actor, well, they don't they for don't, supporting actor for they anything don't nominate any like
1: Netflix stuff usually. Like well, Roma's that's... the only thing that really got noticed. But
0: and... how does Roma is getting almost every single one of these best pictures from these critic circles? It wasn't eligible. Well, why? For, because it's just
1: some of the weird rules. Like because it. <laughs> got nominated for foreign language it wasn't eligible for the picture and that's why it's nominated for director and screenplay because obviously right spoilers shoplifters isn't going to steal that category <laughs> i mean it could i mean there was the lives of others that was a weird year where, i mean lives of others is a great movie of, well that's the thing so we both got
0: upset with pan's labyrinth not winning that award well i'd already
1: seen lives of others but i was kind
0: well, of sad i was, others like, was oh, like oh lives of others it was a good, was a good movie.
1: movie and still like you really look at top 100 of like the past of the century yeah. so far, however sad that is to say when you're one-fifth of the way through. It still shows up on that list quite a the, bit.
0: When we get to one of our Pan's Labyrinths, which is not going to be for forever, we should do a um, Lives of, was actually Lives on of my, Others A block.
1: Yeah, because okay. Lives of Others was on my um 101 to 150 list. It's somewhere like 140. Mm. Yeah, that was a good flick. It's a really good movie. Sad that that like, actor, can't remember his name, died like, right after. Yeah, I don't remember. Speaking of foreign films.
0: Oh, that was a good segue. yeah.
1: Tom, we have to talk about how every time we we do a Segway We can't point out and, and, and it works. <laughs> we can't point out the fact that the Segway worked, or I'm else just, it eliminates the You fact know what? I'm just so works. surprised
0: that this works at all. So it seems like we're getting We're our,
1: getting pretty uh, solid at Segways. I mean, yeah, I have to we're, point we're, it out. We're getting bad at research and whatnot, but we're getting good at Segways.
0: <laughs> Maybe okay. soon
1: we'll get sponsored by Segway. Or Subway. I mean, they need they need a new sponsor. They, Either one. They're Subway. They've been like Jaredless for five years. They do now. That's true. Um, but Reese saw Happy as Lazaro, which I don't know if you're putting a sound clip in right now, but uh, it'd be a lot of foreign language that people don't understand. So, I don't really know if you're yeah, we'll, put anything we'll there. We'll see what we do just. Just ambient sound. sound. Just the sound of a boy falling thirty stories. That was a good scene. That was. That's a yeah. Do uh, you want to explain it?
0: Yeah, this, let's, let's just explain this movie. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, exactly. Um, I, I passed the buck 100% there.
0: Obviously, we don't give a shit about spoilers on this show, so if you're concerned about them at all, then you should turn it off right now and find another shittier they, podcast. Uh, well,
1: that... just, just watch Just shut it off. Go onto your Netflix account that you got from your grandma and uh, watch Happy as Lazaro. It's, a net, it's on Netflix yeah. right
0: now. Um,
1: right now, unless you're watching this. <laughs> Watching, listening to this in the future, and it's been taken off, or Netflix has ceased to be, or everything ceased to be,
0: which I hope it has. Yeah, that's that's. that's which, but if that's the, the
1: case, here. then nothing exists. Paradox man, We're going down a rabbit hole. Explain haul, yeah.
0: it. Explain um, it. So it's written and directed by Alice Rohrwalker.
1: Have you seen any of her? I haven't seen I any have of her previous. No. Uh,
0: what was the the big one she made? The,
1: the one about the, the wonder, the, bee, the wonders. Uh, yeah, the wonders about the beekeepers.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it is. It won the best screenplay at uh, Cannes this year. It is has um, been named one of the National Board of Review's top five foreign language films. It has been nominated for Best International Film at the Independent Spirit Awards. Was this
1: Italy's choice for the Oscars? I'm assuming
0: it's going to be, yeah. Um, right, both? You know,
1: I'll check that out right now because they, they should have announced those already, so good.
0: Both um, the New York Times main film reviewers, Manola Dargas and A.O. Scott, um, have it in their top 10 lists. It's A.O. Scott's number two, and it's Manola Dargis' number five. Um, it is a story. It takes place in in Italy. Um, when the movie opens, you're unsure exactly what year this is supposed to be. You're supposed to
1: think it's 1977, but then there's context clues that make you realize it is maybe not
0: 1977. Right. Um,
1: Uh, they selected Dogmen. Oh, okay. So, So this will not be nominated for Best Foreign Language Film.
0: Um, that doesn't mean it doesn't deserve to be, but, um... So when it opens you think you're in a, a share cropping community and they are in the mid
1: mid century basically. Yeah,
0: and um it's it's a large family that kind of inhabits a couple of, you know, uh, you know, some dilapidated building in a couple of rooms. They only have one light bulb. They move the light bulb from room to room to To see um, they do tobacco farming and chickpeas and uh, lentils and every once in a while an overseer comes to the marquee to check the, um, you know, what they've produced. And he announces at the beginning of this movie that even though they've, you know, got all this tobacco, they're still they're still in debt. They have to they have to still keep working. Um, Lazaro or Lazaro or I feel like there should be an R role in there but I can't do it is played by Adriano Lazaro. Tardialo you know, like, Lazaro Yeah um he is just kind of a simple pleasant boy who does everything that he's asked and you know he seems to be observing things at all times he has a pleasant countenance about him um <clears throat> he's incredibly he, selfless that yeah, that he's first scene. Where he doesn't doing take any stuff. of the
1: wine, doesn't take any of the bread, he sits back and lets
0: everyone He carries the grandmother like yeah. to and from her her house. Um he seems to work later than everybody. Um he gets the attention of the Marquise Um Tencredi played by Luca Chicovani. Um, Credit to you for trying to do all these actors' names. Well, once you spend I enough know, time with, I know him Surge,
1: like... I know Sergi Lopez, and that's about it. <laughs>
0: um, and they become friends, and um, Lazaro shows him like a, a secret place in the hills where he sometimes goes to be alone, and and Ten Credit uh, kind of uh, you know establishes himself there. <clears> Ten <throat> Credit, he's a practical joker. He plays a joke. Saying, sending a note to his mother that, they, that he's been kidnapped. Eventually, the police come, and we discover that there's no such thing as sharecropping in Italy anymore. We and are now is, in the modern times where there's is, helicopters. at least the 90s now. You realize it is? I think
1: it's probably later than that. The uh, 90s or early 2000s. You, either, whatever. Um, yeah.
0: it's, it's Italy, rural Italy at that point, so who knows where they are. Sharecropping, I think, got outlawed in the 80s, so it's at least the 90s. Yeah. A flood, apparently, we learn, has wiped away any access to this community, and this one woman, the Queen of Cigarettes, they call her, has been kind of exploiting this community for, you know, a number of years. Um, because
1: to exploit them, as she says, they must be exploiters
0: themselves. Right. Um, and there's the big wolf parable allegory that runs through, you know, the course of this film. Um, at some point, Lazaro falls down a mountain falls like falls tens of stories and when he wakes up, it is twenty years later, ten years later- Tw- good twenty, 20 years, years later. later um and he is not much as he hasn't changed he is, but not he's much. still a teenager yeah, and he you know he finds his way back to he finds his way into the city and he finds the people the remnants of the people that lived in the community they are now living in like a water. Tower. Tower now. thing. Um, he meets Tancredi again, who is fat and old, and but still a jokester and still a manipulator. And
1: Is it like 20 years later? Because Tancredi's... So. He looks
0: really old. Tancredi's but in his 50s or Yeah,
1: Antonia looks like she might much be in her early 40s. But Tancredi was around the same age. So It's, it's obviously... It's hard. It plays with the time. It's, it's supposed to it's be. It's loose, though, yeah. yeah. It's not... Um, it is just many years later. In the end, uh, Lazaro dies. Yeah, he gets, he gets beaten to death by the citizens of Italy.
0: I, um... I liked it. Um, in, a, in a good way. I'm not sure of it in a good way. I'm not, I, liked I, liked it, it, I liked it in I'm a very sh- bad way. I'm not sure of it in a good way. It made me think about wanting to hurt
1: small animals. <laughs> and so I liked it in a bad way.
0: Yeah, okay. Um... I don't know. It's, I, it left me with a lot of things to think about, none of which relate to like the plot of the movie. No, absolutely. Um,
1: I despised it in the way that I really loved it.
0: <laughs> oh man. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. I was just.
1: No, I love this. Um, yeah. I feel as though there's a lot of allegories that I don't understand because I think this speaks to the state of Italy right now um right. me too and and so it's it's a movie that that is it's something i want to read about the thoughts and the parables that were being made um about the current class structure the 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 transition of you know there is the 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 one core theme that does go through is that kind of like string of exploitation mm. um Laz, the queen you know does say I'm able to exploit them because they exploit somebody. And they do. Mm-hmm.
0: They, exploit they exploit Lazaro. Lazaro. Yeah.
1: L- Lazaro. It's not Lazaro. That's what I want to say. <laughs> Lazaro. Yeah, I know. Lazaro. But my American
0: mind wants it's, to say Lazaro. It's kind,
1: of, it's, kind of, it's kind of an awful thing to say. Uh, <laughs> but I'm going to say it. Have you ever noticed how like it kind of sounds like in Luigi's Mansion where he keeps saying Barrio. Oh, yeah. Kind of, but it's like Lazaro. It's it's Italian. Yeah. But they Mario do, like, the Brothers, thing. We, every,
0: everyone's always said that it's authentic Italian.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's, it's everyone a knows perfect. Super Mario Brothers is actually based on the filmography of Disconte, so Yeah, there you go. Yeah, of course. of course. Um, but the, they do exploit him. They're in turn exploited by the queen, who then is, uh, her family at least, because we can assume she's long dead, is exploited by the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, and then to run around the chain where he's killed in the end, um, the people who are there kind of not necessarily broken citizens but people who just kind of like following the cues and following kind of like the orders sent out to them by the bank then mm-hmm. uh, destroy the one bit of innocence and purity and hard work and, and faith and uh, just base, basically purity. They destroy that thinking
0: that it's going to try to exploit them. Yeah, that he's just asking for something for nothing. They've worked for their money and he just wants... Yeah, he just doesn't out. Um, Why do they think it's that? No, they think he's... I, well, that's Alex. how they perceive it. They think yeah. he's just going into a bank and asking for money when they've... You know, their perception of themselves is that they've had to work really hard for their money. They had to earn it. They can't just go into a bank and ask for it. You know, they can't cut the front of the line and just start making demands of of the employees <laughs> that work there. Very polite demands. Yeah, he is very polite. He's- the His death seems, you know, if I didn't know that it carried a lot of meaning, I would say, like, well, they acted, they acted too harshly, yeah. the citizens I, of, of I, Italy. I, and the cops
1: seem very unperturbed by the fact that a crowd just beat this man to death yeah. who just had a slingshot. Like, after realizing he had a slingshot, you know, a couple swings maybe. But it just seems like they're really angry that they were tricked, and so they beat him to death. And that, I think, carries some weight to it that I don't yet understand
0: right and I think I mean as we talk about this I'm I'm sure things will get clearer like when you just said that he was tricked I think that there's a a relation to the idea that the citizens of um were tricked as well um into thinking this is the way that life works um I don't know yeah and there's
1: there's there's an extreme subcurrent of gullibility Mm. um You know the residents are gullible to the fact that they think they'll be swept away by a barely existent river, a river that is literally a foot deep. Right. Exactly. Um, The engineer or the architect or banker or whatever he is is uh, ignorant and gullible to the fact that Tancredy is uh, is wealthy in the end. You Mm -hmm. know, even giving him a, a meeting, this this decrepit man smoking cigarettes with his shirt halfway down his chest, talking kind of in roundabout ways has has a ton of money and is right you know they well, guess, get strict so like there's 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 that and lazaro himself is i, I, I stress to call lazaro gullible uh, i i think lazaro just wants to keep the peace almost
0: he's right and i think it's important that tear near the end of the movie. When he sits under, I mean, there's a really, there's a lot of really interesting images. Uh, None of, there's some really obviously interesting images, but there's also some less obviously interesting images in the form of those trees that he used to get fruit from on the other side of the hill where his kind of hideaway place was. Um, He keeps seeing these trees underneath this kind of astroturf mound. Well, I took that as, um, so early
1: on, Lazaro, that, that image of purity, sees the tree, has able to get the fruit from the tree, able to bear the fruit of the lands, kind mm. of, I think a, one and subtext un- I did get un- is... unworked
0: aspect of the land, I think, too. Yeah, exactly. It's just kind of, it's just, it's just, just there the for major. him
1: to to him to get. And that's why when they're talking about the parable of the wolf, the wolf, you know, when it sees that purity, sees that untouched by the world, it will move on. You know, it, mm. it sees prey, but then sees something pure and untouched and, and realizes it's a part of the order. Um, and that's why Tancredi can't get any fruit. or The fruit he finds is decrepit and then in the end now surrounded by this really weird world that doesn't operate by the natural rules that that is very vicious and doesn't have any of the hiding sub version of, of the truth or, or isn't just purely living off the land that's when he cries is when he sees a fake tree yeah and that's why i saw the astroturf has it it's just that is that tree but it's not real there is well, no fruit to be produced i would
0: have to assume that it's a cumulative tear i yeah no i, I have absolutely. to assume that he doesn't recognize or maybe he does recognize it and it makes him sad that in a way his community is still living off the land in in these kind of ruses that they perpetrate out in the streets selling you know um you know taking things that the queen of cigarettes used to have in her house the marquise used to have in her house and then kind of tricking people into taking with them wrapped things that look like that thing um because it's really the same thing. You know what I mean? Well, they it's 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 they're making money. Um they're subsisting against the natural order of or that is the natural order. But it's it's I don't know, they're cultivating a living in a different way. You I know would, what I mean?
1: I took that though to more mean and his frustration Lazaro's frustration and confusion about that is you know initially they're they're cultivating the land the natural land they they sure there there is that exploitation of Lazaro but lazaro it only comes by the fact that Lazaro is always happy to give um you know they 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 take advantage of that, but he is never you know. Demanding, he's never really saying anything like "I don't want to do this," and they're not tricking him into doing it. They just ask him to do it, and he does it. Mm-hmm. And and the fact of his confusion and at the the you know the street game with mm-hmm. the the, the sleight of hand, yeah, 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 the cigarette case is you know that subversion of the natural order. They're not living off the land anymore; they're living in this very artifice. Well, and I think there's a, I think there's a big sign of like this return to the natural state of things, this return to subsistence off, not necessarily subsistence off the land, but subsistence, subsistence in a way that follows tradition versus this kind of like just, cultivation of mod, like modern times and, and how things have taken us so far away from that purity. And that's, I think, kind of hallmarked, not only in that sequence where he sees the fake tree, but also with the music, you know, that kind of like, God has nature sort of thing, the music that following the
0: him, yeah, I wonder though if it's a subsistence exploitation and subsistence are kind of like tied to each other mm. i because I wonder though, even though he doesn't see it, we can see that they are still the land has just changed, and the nature of the product is is changed as well, um but they're still kind of doing the same thing it's just. It just looks completely different, you know what I mean? They're still in what they're doing, there's still an element of going against nature that's tied to the exploitation that they encountered originally in their town and like what they what they are denied, but also kind of what they have denied themselves through the gullibility that we talked about before, by being just willing to accept whatever anyone tells them.
1: Is Lazaro himself may be the allegory of nature. Is he maybe, you know, the, the sharecroppers exploit the, like not necessarily exploit the land, but they take from the land without really giving much back. They're always, you know, doing very hard crops, crops that take a lot from, yeah. from nature, yeah, yeah. like tobacco crops are notoriously mm-hmm. hard crops um, in terms of what they do to the soil. Um, but he's always happy to give. Mm-hmm. And eventually when the modern world comes in, when they see the helicopter, he falls and kind of
0: disappears, which is a, an, an amazing scene. Cause well, you are uh, 100% sure what you're looking at. Yeah. Or what everyone else is looking yeah, at. Cause that and, one and guy when, throws a stick at him and you know, people are just kind of like, looking you can up kind of the hear sky. the helicopter,
1: but yeah. And then that shot of him falling. I remember like sitting there going like, they just killed off the main character, like yeah. an hour into this movie. Cause he falls a, a far distance. Um, and then when he comes into the modern world, wakes up, you know, he is unchanged. He's still there to provide. Mm-hmm. And, and that confusion of what they're doing, you know, it's striking. But the thing that made me think this is Antonia, after seeing him, says, you know, the land's still there. We can go back to the land. Mm-hmm. And maybe that, you know, they they talk about, is he a ghost? Is, is he the deceiving devil? us? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thing that that return to nature isn't really believed That that return to being able to care for yourself, to not being reliant upon greater systems, to not being stuck in a world where you are constantly exploited outside the world, where you can actually make so, a name for yourself and you're not beholden to these major yeah. banks and corporations. So I would argue
0: then, I think the ending of the movie... Let's assume that they go back to Inviolata. They go back and they live in the house. Or they go back and they tend the land. They do whatever they're going to do. They're going to go back. I would assume then that... Lazaro's attempt to get the... the you know, for the bank to reinstate the wealth of Tancredi and, and the Marquesa is an attempt to set everything right again. You know what I mean? To get the whole system... Working back into place where everyone understood how life worked. Everyone, you know, people were getting engaged. They were singing songs. They were, you know, telling stories. They were, you know, pouring three bottles of of liquor down that guy's throat at one time. You know what I mean? They were laughing. It took me
1: a while to realize that wasn't water. Um, suddenly you're going like, why are they making such a big deal about pouring water? And I was like, oh, it had its that's liquor.
0: Its, it was ex, ex, exploitive exploitative, but it was the first one the first way you said exploitative I think it's right um but it was exploitative no expletive would be exploitative is the thing curse word it's fuck <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was it was a life that they understood and that they weren't unhappy doing, yeah, you know what I mean like he can see the benefit of having all of this go back to the way it was. Um, and I think that's what we mentioned earlier in the conversation about, you know, the kind of radical punishment of the Italian citizens is the mo- the film's way of saying, Alice Warwalker's say, way of saying that you can't, we're not going to let this, we can't let this go back to this. Or the Italian spirit doesn 't work like this anymore it 's denied itself yeah. the ability to kind of exist in this way to have that little enclave of you know i don 't know pastoral happiness you know what I mean that kind of that all of these neo-realism neo realist films seem to kind of portray in in their own ways you know to even go back to this, you know the bi- bicycle thieves that we talked about. For however, and in, in, even in for forever how de- depressing those movies are. There are these moments where they find they find happiness. You know what I mean in little things, in in, in tiny things. Um, and the, I guess her commentary on the Italian people is that they're just like, fuck that, yeah. No, you can't. We can't have any more of that for whatever reason.
1: And and the wolf is still a subtext. I don't. want hundred percent understand. Um, you know, kind of, after Lazarus dies, it's kind of like walking down the streets in search. Of what? Yeah, I don't know. You just know he is there. Well, he is wandering. I the wolf... And the wolf does play a, a key role from the beginning of being that constant looming threat that would kill them and their livelihood. I, I still don't understand the allegory of the wolf.
0: Mm. We'll have to go back to it.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a movie. I'd say everyone should, should give this a look if you're into foreign film at all um, yeah and let it and, and and
0: don't expect too much right away let it just kind of you know wash over you and ingrain yourself in I it i think
1: i think lars von tier should have done the forward to this instead of house that jack belt and said like sit on this
0: for a few days because this is a movie we that literally can't that. talk about that movie because then we're not going to talk about anything else
1: really it kind of it kind of just doesn't, i have so much, can, much more to <laughs> it it <laughs> so didn't, i don't have too much more to say okay interesting uh but one last thing about that really quick do it we need more Sergi Lopez. Yeah. Guy was one of the best performances in the past 20 years as Capitan Vidal. And he's good in this. I mean, he's not, like, his ultimo, he's not really doing a lot. uh uh-huh. just makes me realize how good he can be. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, where'd you go?
0: <laughs> I'm sure he's making lots of movies. And but I want him to make movies that, that you see yeah. more often. Well... Maybe this podcast will be the first step in getting that to happen. (laughs) Mario. Charlie Kaufman's going to see this and be like, I got to put him in my next movie. Well, the fact, let's just get Charlie Kaufman another movie. He's making one. And then we'll talk about it. He's casting it right now. Oh, is he? Yeah. So that should be, what, 10 years from now? Yeah, no, exactly. All right, we'll be right back. All right, we're back. My number 81 this week is Patriot Games. Don't be like anything you've ever done before, little brother. Target leaving the palace now. In. From the producer of the hunt for Red October. Get down! Based on the best-selling novel. Comes the summer's most explosive motion picture. Hoodie. So you just waited on in like John Wayne. Couldn't just stand there and watch him shoot those people. It was rage,
1: pure rage. Oh, the Mark Wahlberg movie about the Boston bombing. Yeah, that's right. That's right. It's not Patriot Games, right? It's Patriot Day, Mario. Oh fuck! I didn't. I, I watched the wrong
0: movie. <laughs> that's okay. They ma- they actually mesh really well. Let me just—is there lots of? Um, is there lots of... Mark
1: Wahlberg kills all of Sean Bean's brothers in
0: Patriot Day. Is there lots of dissolves of people's faces in Patriot's Day? Because that's, this movie is a textbook example of how to dissolve someone's face into a next scene.
1: <laughs> I don't think there is any. I don't think uh, no, Peter Berg has learned... He hasn't, used, hasn't used
0: the dissolve setting. <laughs> <and> <laughs> thing. He
1: hasn't got to that part of Adobe Pro. <laughs> What's actually funny, speaking about that, is before before we actually talk about this, did you ever see the video of Peter Berg and his editor... Together, no. they're like a nightmare.
0: I and apparently, imagine.
1: Mile Twenty Two is awful because of how badly it's edited. Did they Peter showed Berg a video just of it. Him a wall? They just yell at each other. They're like, "Fucking like you, fucking gonna cut
0: it this way." And it's like, "What are you doing? Just cut, <laughs> edit the movie. Calm down." That's, that's why Battleship is so good. I like Battleship.
1: Uh, <laughs> we're gonna talk or about that later. That. No, we're not gonna talk about that. <laughs> I don't wanna. I said that quietly because I don't want to admit it. I do like other Peter Berg movies though.
0: Yeah, I like Peter Berg has made a couple of good movies. Friday Night Lights is a good movie. Oh, he did do that. Yeah, I don't like that. Um, it's directed by Philip Noyce, um, who is has had an odd career. Yeah, he's, a, he's up and ups and downs. He, um, you know, he's an Australian filmmaker. He made a lot of Australian movies. He made um, Sliver, which is a Billy Baldwin vehicle, which had a lot of sex in it. Which was like like one of that was one of the first movies I remember being considered
1: one of the worst yeah. movies ever.
0: Um, he did the first post Batman movie with Val Kilmer in it, The Saint. Which which is also was, really bad, yeah. But um, he also did Rabbit Proof Fence. Which he did is Rabbit Proof really Fence. Really good. He did. The, um, he, did um, he did. What's Salt, movie? Which the movie? The grand Green movie. The Quiet American. Yeah, he made all and he made all those Angelina Jolie movies, like The Bone Collector. Um, oh, I like The Bone Collector. No, no, oh, no but my. like he just you know those early Angelina Jolie vehicles. Dead.
1: Oh, he did Dead Calm. I didn't even realize that. He's just
0: been what some the movies? Yeah. Do
1: oh, we think there's multiple Philip Noises and one of them's like a, a talented director and, and the then other one
0: made? The other one made Claire salt and, present danger. and
1: sliver. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. No, Dead Cop. Wait. Yeah. Maybe all of his bad movies have S to begin with.
0: We're going to have to dig into this more. Oh, man. This is an essay in that, Mario. When we get the... You talk about Patriot Games. I'm going to stroke um, my... This double. stars Harrison Ford oh, as um, Tom Clancy's Jack Ryan taking over for Alec Baldwin due to scheduling... Things, but then also due money. To, things and due to being enough, better yeah. at the role, um, it details Jack Ryan's involvement with an IRA plot to kill a British royal family member who is um, a cousin of, you know, someone involved with the oppression of the Irish people. Um, and then the movie turns into Sean Bean. Playing Sean Miller, an IRA operative, trying to kill Jack Ryan, who killed his brother, in the act of stopping this, this attack on this British royal.
1: Talk about one of, one of my favorite man-in-mask-looking angry shots.
0: Sure. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: up there with Halloween H2O. <laughs> I think Sean Bean maybe eeks out whoever played Michael Myers in that, but he looks very
0: very angry. Yeah, I don't remember talking about this on the air when we talked about the Untouchables, but one of the things that happens to you when you're a kid, and this is one of my. Fa- puberty? This was my. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Movie watching puberty. So you get hair in different places.
1: And you watch um, you watch the end of the first video of Titanic way too much until the tape breaks. <laughs> Spoilers. That happened to me. My mom was like, Why is the first tape of Titanic broken? I don't and know. She, and she looked at me and she's like, Mario. Not like that. Um, Paint me like one of your
0: French girls, Jack. This was... (laughs) That's what you wanted. No. You were the Kate Winslet character in in the fantasy. I mean... (laughs) Sure. This was my favorite movie as a kid growing up. Um, It was number one for a really long time. To the point where I... Is it still your favorite movie? No. No, it's my number 81.
1: Well, this is a list of favorite movies. We, my I told you, we went favorite about movie a little as different. a kid we is ab- on my list, but it's still my right. favorite movie. No, it's not my
0: favorite movie. It's, it's obviously hard. not my favorite movie. Um, die, hard, die Hard. My favorite movie is number one. This is my favorite movie as a kid. I just said it. but the that Your thing favorite? Is, your number one's
1: your favorite movie? Yeah. That could be somebody's favorite movie. I'll dig into
0: that in a few weeks. Um yeah, in a few years. weeks <laughs> You mean a hundred weeks <laughs> um, If not more <laughs> My To the point where I And I think Sean Bean is still a really good actor But I loved Sean Bean Coming out of this movie I would seek out Sean Bean Really, movies. It's interesting because I think this is just, one of the weaker
1: Sean Bean performances
0: Right, it's, it's just him Glowering at a lot of stuff and stomping off Angrily into weird desert when Compound you, when buildings you have, When you have the all-star that is Patrick
1: Bergen Yeah to act across you know you're you're going to pale with most of his
0: his dialogue has been dubbed in after the fact um <laughs> Patrick but awful. we didn't talk about we didn't talk about this during when we talked about the untouchables we didn't talk about it on camera i had the same reaction to andy garcia i thought andy garcia was the best fucking actor and, and then i then went th- to seek out andy garcia movies in every movie i'd be like huh hmm. it's not the same i like black rain it's not the same I mean, he's okay and stuff. He's also a good actor. He's pretty good in emb- black, but I thought he was. Ooh,
1: I think great. I think, I think he just made a wild. Stretch. No, he's
0: he's a fine actor.
1: Fine actor, I'd be okay. Right, he right. said good actor.
0: But I think there are words that can be. Synonyms I of each other. I didn't say he was a great actor. I said he was a. He's a f- good, act- good actor. You said he's a good actor. He's a working. He's a, he's he's a, a good, good working actor. actor. You know what I mean? He's can do his job. Whether or not he's going to take it to that next level like he did in The Untouchables is a totally different.
1: We're going to find out in a few short weeks when we see the mule
0: whether or not he's We're not like, going We're to see the mule. We are. you uh, are <laughs> going to drag you to it. Um, I fucking loved this movie to the point where I wanted to join the IRA for a period. I didn't even know when I was a kid what the IRA was, but I knew Sean Bean was in it, and they got to walk around in night vision goggles with guns, and I wanted a piece of that. I wanted it when I was a kid. Um... I've subsequently learned that I don't want to be part of the IRA. Oh. So, Does it
1: even exist anymore? Like, after 9-11... I'm sure there's, they,
0: a, there's a, a faction of, of Irish people that are, are... Yeah, because there's still a Northern Ireland and a Southern Ireland, but they're not bombing each other and killing each other, I think, with the frequency that they wore I, I don't think back really in, like, the, you know, I think during the Troubles and stuff. I think 9-11 kind of, like, ended that. They are like, oh... No, but there's seems, it's still there. That seems there. like a bit much. There's, I mean, and it's, there's like, minor We don't attacks. need to go into no, no, I'm not saying that there's the attacks, but there's still the there's still a mentality there that one way should be the other enough, way. Interestingly enough, they still have the checkpoints set
1: between Northern Ireland and of Ireland. Yeah. As, like, a reminder of, like, we could do this again. Yeah. And Brexit happens. I'm sure Ireland would be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, fine. Um,
0: and Northern Ireland will be like, can we become Ireland? Well, that Brexit thing is now up in the air again, so we'll see what happens. Um... <laughs> Why was this my favorite movie as a kid? I think because even though it's a standard issue action movie in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? There's, you know, There's some, these moments of, of bursting action. Really There's,
1: efficiently, well done in action in parts, though. That right. final sequence is, is, well, is, is that's, amazing. So that's, no, I think
0: that's the thing that kind of stands out in my head um, that I've kind of carried a around with me for, for years and years and years is um, as soon as those lights go out. And the storm kicks up, and you see you start seeing the black figures, you know of of you know Sean Miller and Kevin O'Donnell and um, that woman who is in the credits is just called Annette, played by Polly, <laughs> played by Polly Walker. That like, even bother to name? give her last name. Um, it really like that stuff when I was a kid hit me like hard in like in like in a in the where this is my last visceral movie of the visceral block and um that and it was all and I'm gonna credit James Horner who doesn't deserve a lot of credit for things but he is a good composer and the way that he used a kind of stereotypical Irish melody played on a, on a flute to kind of undercut and make a really interesting juxtaposition of like what was happening on screen um was, I think, really, really smart because it really heightened the tension of what you were seeing um, to have this really just light, this light, small thing play underneath for a lot of it and then progressively get louder and louder and louder as the orchestra kicks up. And there is a, a really oddly choreographed boat fight um, I don't think it's with too fire. Weird.
1: It's weirdly blocked, but it shot really well.
0: It shot really well, but it also especially those wide shots. It's
1: also there's like a point. mix, a mix of miniature and a mix of. <clears throat> I'm guessing. I don't even know if it's miniature, but I just it's obviously a boat on. A sound stage. Well, I
0: wonder if they, yeah, because they shot it in the dark, and you at some point you don't see anything. Except you don't see the, the boat.
1: and you don't see the actors. So I'm thinking maybe that some of that's a miniature. And it almost seems like that sometimes you do. So I'm wondering if that's right. It seems a
0: like he, I, I tried to look it up.
1: I couldn't find any information about the shooting oh, of the final secret, sequence.
0: Yeah. Um, the fire almost serves a purpose of lighting that scene, which is you know, so you can see them fight. You know, yeah. um, I think it's. I think it's. I don't know how it holds up, you know, to today's action movie standards. It but it I think it's pretty well. good. I think it's it's workmanlike. It's it's, it's a, like it's kind of like the Fugitive in the sense that it does everything Olympus pretty has good.
1: Fallen and well, this, you're like, I'd rather watch this than Olympus Has Fallen.
0: I'd rather watch the House That Jack Built again than the <laughs> Olympus Has Fallen. Oh yeah, of course. I mean, oh, I said I was not going to bring it up because now we're talking about. it. Um, yeah, I think it's everything here is smart. Um, I think the screenplay could use a little work in the sense that Jack Ryan, like, he's solving the case by doing a lot of thinking and remembering things. And progressively, the camera on his memory gets closer and closer and closer. And it's like, could you really have seen all the things that you saw? Like, you're, you're working so fast that you didn't think, but you saw like are you, are you, this ponytail are you, just flapping around. Are you questioning Jack Ryan? No, I'm
1: i will fucking destroy <laughs> you.
0: Yeah, that's... I mean, that's a good... Um, oh, God. I, uh, that's your opening. That's the opening, That's the opening, right? Richard Harris, yeah. That's the opening. At an that's, Irish that's, bar?
1: That's, that's what you're opening this show with, right? Is yeah. that line? Part of... Doesn't, oh, my God. Doesn't part fucking...
0: of you also think that they wouldn't have made this movie if they couldn't get Rich, Richard Harris to play that role. <laughs> yeah, probably. Like, it all hinged on Richard Harris just showing up to say awesome Irish like, stuff. Like, fuck it, jump to clear and while. present danger. Yeah. <laughs> um, you yeah. gotta do
1: some of all fears instead, guys.
0: I think... Oh, no, no one has to do some of all fears. That was a, you know, mistake. They blew up Morgan Freeman. Um, I don't know. I... I There's not
1: a lot to say. That's why I was like, yeah, maybe we should do this one first. It's really fun. Um... I really enjoy Harrison Ford in this because he doesn't – a lot of his roles during this time were people who were highly competent but kind of stuck against the wall. Mm -hmm. And this he has the advantage for the most part. Like, all the subversions and or attacks on his family – That kind of goofy highway chase sequence. They're fin was it? They're finished. They're done. Oh, they're done. Or whatever. Yeah. It's just like (laughs) Oh no, 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 no. They're gone. Yeah, they're gone. It's just like he says it with such a weird jovialness. But then it's not until he
0: gets back to Africa that he learns that they're not gone. Yeah. Gandalfi comes up to him and goes like like, they're still alive. Son of a bitch. Um, Yeah, the travel (laughs) the traveling in this movie is fascinating. (laughs) (laughs) The amount of time it must take them to get from Northern Africa to Virginia over and over and over again is The Concorde
1: amazing. was around back then. They got there like in an hour and a half. Mm.
0: Um, no one was checking passports back then. The Concords were yeah.
1: super fast. We don't, there you go. We don't remember that. Uh, and also routinely just going into Libya. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's a lot of fun. Uh, but it's, it's nice to see Harrison Ford not as the man against the wall, but as a man completely in control like, mm. for the most part. Um, with all the resources and not against some greater force. He's against kind of like a bunch of small-time terrorists, as it were, uh, funded by who at, somebody who at the time was a somewhat powerful but not extremely powerful dictator, mm-hmm. who also didn't really care about their personal issue, he was just giving them kind of refuge. Um, and so it's good seeing a cocky Harrison Ford. You wouldn't see that for like 10 years after this, I don't think. No, like think- even Indiana Jones wasn't that cocky. Indiana right. Jones is a little like afraid and whatnot. I was just going to say he, that. Like this is why I, this is my favorite kind of Harrison Ford because when he's playing a cocky piece of shit and he's kind of, he's not really a piece of shit here, but when he's playing a cocky bastard. He's kind of a cocky bastard. Cocky bastards are more appropriate. Yeah. He's a lot more fun. Um, like What Lies Beneath. I love, I really enjoy What Lies Beneath. It's in my 110s-ish, 120s-ish. Because, you know, he plays a villain in that. He's, cocky throughout and it's fun when mm-hmm. he plays what i can only assume is from interviews it's harrison ford himself mm-hmm. he's really enjoyable and that's what i liked most about this movie was <laughs> when just, he plays harrison ford with an earring he's
0: really enjoyable. <laughs> yeah
1: exactly and so like that line like i was like oh this is an okay action movie but then it goes like i will fucking destroy i was like yeah i enjoyed this uh beyond that completely by the numbers um yeah not a big fan of the change of the ending you know I kind of preferred the book ending. Uh, and I think even Tom Clancy said he wasn't a big fan oh, of Oh, i I
0: never read – I couldn't read the book. I think Tom Clancy fucking stinks. Oh, he does. He does. I just kind of – I just couldn't read it. I skimmed it. through it. No, even – like, that's one of the things. Like, I w- when I was able to read – so after I read Jurassic Park and um, – Well, Michael Cray In 1993. Well, that's the thing. So I was like, oh, I want to read Patriot Games. And I started reading it and I was like, oh, I just can't do it. The writing – even in 1993, I was like, this writing is so bad. I can't even take it.
1: I think if we're talking of the, the big five writers of the 90s, he's, he's the worst. Oh, he's terrible. Wait. Let's see if he can, can guess what I'd say is the big five writers of the 90s. John
0: Grisham. Michael Crichton. Tom Clancy. Are we putting Stephen King in there? And then who? Clive? Robin Cook. Yeah. Robin Cook. Oh, well, I guess you could Clive say Daniel Steele. Dean Kuntz. Dean Koontz would have been uh, one because intensity but was a big. Like novel.
1: Robin Cook was kind of like the medical one, so I was trying to cover all the. Michael Clayton was the
0: medical one, uh, but not, Crichton, not, not yet. In the beginning, he was. Yeah, he
1: had a well, he had a strain. And a he also case of a case he also of had need. disclosure.
0: Yeah, he, disclosure. What was that about? Well, that wasn't that wasn't early though. It was late. That was like eighties, right? No, disclosure was later. It was post Rising. It was after Jurassic Park. Was well, it really?
1: Yeah. I don't know how disclosure came out like a year after I don't I mean, think they... so I think
0: disclosure was after was pre maybe it was after Lost World. It was right around the time of Lost World. Huh. It was it was after all the big Michael Crypto. <laughs> bring... It was after Sphere <laughs> well, and Michael U.S. like Congo. I gotta bring
1: back Ian Malcolm, I'd fucking killed him yeah. off.
0: No, it was after Sphere and it was after Congo, it was after Rising Sun. Huh. Um it was it was pre airframe, I think. Oh, and airframe, then that's a bad, and then later a, airframe's a bad one. Stephen K or um, later Michael Crichton stuff.
1: Oh yeah, I was I was, I was at Robin Cook, but maybe yeah. maybe Dean Koontz. Dean Koontz is more eighties. Daniel Steele will probably be number five. But I never Steele's read
0: a, Daniel Steele is eternal.
1: I never wrote. Mario. I never read anything of hers. But anyways, Tom Clancy's the worst <laughs> of those, um, <laughs> yeah. and now he's dead.
0: Um, I think the other he's, thing, like, he's oh man. Two of those
1: guys are dead now.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. We got rid of like the second best and the worst. That's sad. That's too bad. Oh, John Grisham isn't bad too, but not as good as Mel Crane.
0: Um, yeah, I think we're appropriately off topic now. That we will move on. <laughs> coming no, up to it's, Mario's radio. It's, it's
1: entertaining. Uh, just to close. No, on, I'm It's fine entertaining with it. to me. Um, so just it just was the. I think young boys latch on to some action movie when they're young.
0: I think so. I think that's right.
1: I'm surprised you latched on to this one because it's not. Extremely violent, and as a kid, well, like, which is oh, for I've...
0: which is me because i 'm not no, like true. a super violent guy it was this the, the, the so, some of the cerebralness of this movie um and I'm assuming and I'm still plowing my subconscious to you're still what plowing my subconscious to what what plowing your sub- Yeah, that's right, mining it I'm plowing it yeah oh yeah. I did a little hand gesture here gross Mario <laughs> to see because I wrote down here when I was watching it, I was like it 's odd that this movie really tries to portray itself as about, like, geopolitical violence, but is really just about family. Yeah. Like, you killed my brother, and now I'm going to travel hundreds of thousands of miles <laughs> in an opportunity, for an opportunity to get revenge on you.
1: And also, he's going to, like, kill Jack Ryan first, and then the family.
0: Like, that's kind of, like, the plan. Right. And, and but that, that make, Jack Ryan, That doesn't make much sense. Like, how's that... Jack Ryan is employing the full strength of the United States military in an effort to kill a guy who tried to hurt his family. Well, James Earl Jones is on board. You know, sure. James Earl Jones 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 and Samuel Jackson are are there to say you're doing the right thing.
1: I do like how um, the small side characters of this these duo of films went on to become bigger. Like that were somewhat prominent you know, characters in the, the Ryan-verse, as mm-hmm. it was called, ended up being like becoming bigger actors of their own right. I mean, I guess William Dafoe was already somewhat... But he was... A, he was still a smaller character actor. He wasn't really I think a with, known name. I think in movies like this... And, and him this and way, Samuel L. Jackson. Kind this of, movie made a lot of money.
0: This movie yeah. opened number one.
1: Well, they like immediately um, rushed a clear and present danger. But right. Well, that's a, make that PG-13. I think that's an interesting thing it's with it's really easy to do that.
0: Is that you could stick these guys, these character actors in these movies and they make a lot of money. And they're like, oh, so it studios at the time were just kind of maybe less afraid to take chances. Like, fine, we can put a movie starring Willem Dafoe in it and it'll still someone will still go see it. We can put a movie starring Samuel L. Jackson in it post these types of movies and be like, oh, people will go to that movie.
1: One thing that's funny to me though, uh to finish this is in the 30 years of Jack Ryan, there's been five actors now to play Jack Ryan and, what, only six to play Bond in, like, 55 years? hmm Jack Ryan has a huge turnover. Because
0: only one played it well. John Krasinski, I agree. <laughs> no. On that, we will be back with Mario's 81 in just a minute.
1: Similar to Tom, my number 81 is a fun, jovial romp that makes you feel good things and not uncomfortable in any way whatsoever, (laughs) just as a comfortable, nice little film to watch on a sick day. Mm -hmm. 1962 Stanley Kubrick film, Lolita. Real real fun time.
0: Wants to be fun. Yeah, it does. It thinks Um, it's
1: fun. Tells the tale of Humbert Humbert, played by... I didn't know if that's the correct way of saying his name. It's all the way I've said it since I was a little kid. Humbert Humbert. By the way, (laughs) we'll get into how I know about this movie since I was a little kid. Um, Played by James Mason, who is starting a professorship in a quaint New Hampshire town. He is a wealthy... um, has per an inheritance European mm-hmm. of undescript but possibly German origin in this Did film. You, didn't he mention Paris or something? He mentions going to Paris, but yeah. he's definitely not French.
0: Well, he's just James. He's from whatever just country James, James Mason, Mason is yeah. from.
1: Yeah. Uh, he so he travels to this New Hampshire town, looks uh, for boarding arrangement. Um. Looks at this house from Widow Dolores Hayes. It's uh not Dolores Hayes this widow Charlotte <laughs> yeah Hayes. Charlotte Hayes. looks for a home and is uh, invited by a as a boarder to look at a house by uh Charlotte Hayes played by Shelley Winters finds her off putting until he goes to the backyard and sees her 12 year old played by 14 year old Sue Lyon uh Dolores Hayes Melita and from there he navigates his hebophobia, hebephilia, is that you say that? Mm. His, his desire of women who have almost reached sexual maturity, but that's not cool. Um, has a raging sociopath, eventually taking her out of an all girls camp and on a road trip. Well, when he, yeah, when
0: her brother gets hit by a, a car. car
1: and, uh, they have a lot of, um,
0: yeah, you a know, fun. a lot of fun. Yeah.
1: This was, by the way, since it had such a MPAA controversy, MPA certification number twenty thousand. That's fun. Hmm. D- doesn't mean anything. I just when I was watching the opening credits, it's like, oh, twenty thousand. That's fun. I really get excited to see the MPA certification uh-huh. of films, and so when I see like a fun number like that, I'm like, oh, that's cool. I've never actually looked up like what each number is, like yeah. which one each is. Like, t- what's twenty five thousand? What's thirty thousand? What is fifty thousand? I think I remembered fifty thousand. Don't remember it now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know why. It's something that. Which numbers is, excite me which is, is funny because
0: this movie whatever rating this movie has is based 100% on suggestion because literally nothing of any kind of you know, yeah. of any sexual nature happens between these two but in 19... at any point in the movie I mean
1: he paints her nails her but not Mary. sexually I don't know man
0: <laughs> he's moving pretty fast yeah Um, He's not doing a really good job.
1: This is an interesting movie to be on my list for personal reasons. That sounds bad. (laughs) Uh, Not that. Uh, When I was young, very young, so what, let's say 94, 95. A
0: border moved into your house.
1: No. (laughs) Um, My parents... My mom was a big fan of the book the, yes the me too. Nabokov. Uh, the Nabokov book which I don't really like. Sorry Megan. Um not the biggest fan of it.
0: Like, Why? I just don't know it's it's a bit it's a
1: bit, it's a bit wandering to me and like it kind of yeah. like does a lot of time talking about the psychology of the issue and not portraying and he's not portrayed as much of a villain. He's very manipulative
0: but not as much cuz he's so I mean I, I, I don't want to spend too much time talking about it. But I Part of the reason why I don't like this movie more is because it's it's not, like, his character is totally different in the movie. Oh, than that's yeah, the
1: that's why I like this. Um, but anyways, my mom watched the Jeremy Irons and Dominic Swan and Melanie Griffin version of this mm-hmm. movie and, and just let me watch it with her, too. And I was very was confused. I think it came out in 93 or 94, mm-hmm. so this would be 94. I think we saw around 96. I was mm-hmm. still 10. I was very confused. Because as a 10-year-old, I was like, I'm Swan's very cute. This makes sense.
0: <laughs>
1: and I was like, as I was watching, I'm kind of going, but this doesn't make much sense to me. Because mm. Jeremy Isis is, obviously, is, is, is yeah. older.
0: Uh-huh. And
1: like everyone, she's obviously cute. So why it's the problem? And, and it kind of sat with me for a long time. I mean, this is a good argument to where you should... Potentially think about the films you let your children watch. Sure.
0: Um, (laughs) I think we're pro that on this podcast.
1: (laughs) And so for the longest time, I had a weird relationship with it in that when I was first introduced to it, I didn't necessarily. I knew intellectually that what was happening in the story was weird and wrong. Mm -hmm. But emotionally, when I was 10, I didn't get it. And as I grew older and made more sense, but I just didn't want to touch that sort of story. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, because of the fact that I had that initial relationship to it and I was kind of like worried about why I felt that way. Mm-hmm. Eventually, I was on a Stanley Kubrick. I don't know why. I'm not the biggest, as we talked about, the biggest Kubrick fan. I don't like The Killing. I think um, Barry Lyndon's objectively bad, in my opinion, which is very divisive well, he's to say. The, it's
0: the It's the one modern Kubrick film that we don't have on our lists at all yeah
1: i don't like spartacus uh eyes wide shut was the first one in a long time i'd watched. that i was like oh i actually enjoy this uh but i was on a kick saying i'd had to watch his films and so i saw this and i really enjoyed it because then it made sense about how predatory this character was Mm -hmm. and how awful he was because kubrick you know Famously, kind of did not want to make this movie in the end. If he knew how much he would have to censor himself, he didn't. Mm. He wouldn't want to do it. And so he took a him and Nabokov because Nabokov wrote the, screen, wrote the screenplay. Quotation marks. There's a lot of rumors that Kubrick wrote mo- most of it. Well, he um, wrote it.
0: I actually read um in Nabokov's Library of America novels. Book from, like, novels from this era. So it's, like, Lolita and um, Pinin and Pale Fire. Pale then, Fire is the one I really like. And then it, it has Nabokov. the Lolita screenplay in it. And then there's an introduction to it that Nabokov wrote. And he said he wrote, like, the original screenplay was, like, 400 pages. And they just, you know, went back and forth with it. And then eventually Kubrick just kind of did Contingent. whatever he wanted with it. Yeah. Um. When, with maintaining, like, a story that some other person... You know with that, that he that's Cooper kind of came up with with this other person,
1: but the blocking of this and the way that he has Mason and maybe Mason decided to portray this character um made me appreciate it a lot more because I think it enhances how predatory this character is and, and you know that's not the point of the novel the point of the novel is kind of to paint the complex emotional relationship between the two and and the um, basically the abuse he suffered is not really the abuse, but kind of like the complex emotional upbringing he have and the, the emotional immaturity he has and how mm-hmm. Lolita not really exploits it, but can use that for her own devices mm-hmm. to have her own strength of character. Um, that's kind of an abandoned here for the most part. Lolita's still very wizened beyond her age in this. She's still a child, but she's has, yeah, she has she knows how to, ex- she does. I don't want to say exploit, but knows how to use somebody's, Weirdness, <laughs> not weirdness, but yeah. sickness and evil against them. Um, but Kubrick's choice to kind of portray this character as a raging sociopath was something I really enjoyed. Um, that then also framed by one of my favorite Peter Sellers performances, um, mm. as Quilty, just. No,
0: really stuck good. with me. I think he's, he's Kubrick lets him go too long in every single scene. He's well, I think in, I think but... Kubrick
1: I think Kubrick just had
0: an adoration. I think Peter so, Yeah,
1: he was just like you can do no wrong. Just do what you want to. And do. And
0: the character was really good. Um, yeah, but all the yeah, but all of his scenes are just like endless.
1: Better than the Franklin Jella version of it.
0: Yeah. Well, they take they're that. Just, they're take different. that Dracula. <laughs> they're different characters. Take that Skeletor.
1: <laughs> oh God, that's other one. <laughs> Um. this isn't the most sound film it has so many bad continuity errors surprisingly for mm-hmm. a Kubrick film um, there's a notorious one where uh Charlotte and Hubert are talking at a desk and she's lit a cigarette and it's so like there was no like script supervisor because mm-hmm. she has a cigarette in one shot no cigarette, cigarette, no cigarette, no cigarette cigarette, no cigarette and um now, there's a few instances of just really bad continuity, and mm. just like it's not f- filmed very interestingly. It's it's a very
0: boring, flat-looking movie. It's very um, of its time, which you. But there, I mean, yeah. There's a couple of instances where you see modern no. Kubrick. Well, what?
1: What? Actually, you know, one shot I think is 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 stuff great. Coming through is and a lot of people actually call this an error, and I don't think it is. Um, when Hubert in that introductory scene where he's going to kill Quilty, Quilty, uh, he walks in and you see a painting mm-hmm. on his side mm-hmm. of that lady sitting you know and that, that entire sequence kind of unfolds that that really well done building tension i think that's the best scene of the film
0: until quilty deflates it with just <laughs> with his talking yeah
1: yeah but i think once he finds out exactly what's going on like once he realizes it's not a joke i think yeah sellers is able to kind of like bring it back in But what's nice about that is, in the end, when you get shot through the painting, it's the same painting. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people think that's a continuity error of, like, why is there two paintings? I think that was just Kubrick kind of doing, like, a fun framing thing of, like, I opened this rising tension with a shot of the painting, and I ended it by, like, shooting through that painting. You know, Mm -hmm. so it's a nice bookmark. Um, But then also there's, like, a fun callback to Spartacus, (laughs) like, where they mention Spartacus. And it's like, oh, come on, Kubrick. It's
0: it's Funny because you can see in, in that early in that scene, too. Um, you can when, H- when Humbert's walking through the kind of you know aftermath of whatever has been happening in that house, it's got the classic Kubrick walking tracking shot, you know, tracking backwards on you know a smooth dolly yeah. thing. Um Then there's another, there's a, he he does it a couple of times and you're like, oh, look it. It's like, he's going to do, he did that exact thing in Paths of Glory and he's going to do that over and over and over and over in all of his movies. Um, but in Paths of Glory it's in a bunker, so you're just kind of like, well, that's just kind of how they're moving in a bunker. This is like a free, a free, a character free through a room that you're, you know, that you're following head on at like a very Kubrick angle, um. And that, stuff, that stuff's interesting, especially yeah. considering the rest of it is so, like you said, is so flat. It's just yeah, so Yeah, no, exactly. There's, there's a lot of just
1: bizarre choices, and I don't know if Kubrick was uncomfortable filming the material the way he does, or he felt so restrained with having to do the things he had to do to avoid censorship, but there's some weird moments of comedy that don't fit. Um, the The cot scene is bad. Yeah. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Well... As to why when you're building this kind of like weird moment of tension, Mm -hmm. you would do this. Except for the fact that, you know, there's that nice pause when he goes to the bathroom and then stops and is about to step into the bed with her. And and it
0: falls, yeah. yeah. But why would you do that? No,
1: before when he's he's thinking about going into her bed Mm and then she kind of like turns Mm -hmm. and closes the sheets. Like that's interesting. But then just using that entire joke beforehand just doesn't fit. And so there's a lot of like tonal (laughs) irregularities. There's a lot of tonal differences in this that don't really fit. Um, But I enjoy taking a work that I had a problem with. And and this is like one of the things where a lot of people say, like, you need to honor the source material. But taking work that I think is is flawed in itself and really uncomfortable and doesn't necessarily have a moral high ground or really a moral... Purpose, the way I'd say, almost like Nabokov's mm. novel does, and then subsequently the movie that I saw as a child—that that you know that 1994, 93 closer adaptation of the novel—and being so confused by that, pulling that back and making a very simplified, approachable version of the story yeah. with very clearly defined villains, villain in James Mason mm-hmm. laughing maniacally at Charlotte's. You know, declaration of love was. Well, that was, was, I mean, that was a great scene. Yeah, it's great.
0: If you decided to stay, if I found you at home, which I know I won't, and that's why I'm able to go, go on like this, the fact of your remaining would only mean one thing that you.
1: <laughs> that you want me as much as I do you, as a lifelong mate. <laughs> And you, you are ready to link up your life with mine forever and ever and be a father to my little girl. Goodbye, dear one. <laughs> Pray for me. Like, like those moments like that are smart. And, and, yeah. and struck with me, this movie makes my list, not because it's a perfect movie, but because it was able to rectify a lot of the confusing emotions I had and made me kind of get at the point where no this is bad and the type of person who I feel would be like this maybe would have that baggage of the history he'd carry um, maybe would have the complex emotional relationship he does with Lolita but is still ultimately a sociopath in the ways in which he manipulates situations to get where he's going
0: yeah I it's funny because I had the opposite history with this I don't know IP you know what I mean <laughs> Because um, I really like the book. It's it's interesting that lot. this is
1: going to be the follow up to Spider Man Far From Home. It's going to go Spider Man Far From Home into uh, Lolita Backlash, which is it's it's a, it's a weird weird choice for the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. But you know what? Disney owns everything now, so they can fucking do what they want.
0: Um, <laughs> um yeah, I think I thought the book was. I love the book, and I actually thought the book was really, really funny. Um, yeah, there's there's moments of In ways that like... I... In kind of the same... What you were saying, like, you recognize, like, hmm, this is weird, but I also don't understand why this is weird. But it seems weird. And the book is kind of like that, where um, it's funny, and you're like, should I really be laughing at this? Like, is this really, like, appropriate that I find this <laughs> so amusing? And I think it's it's the the awareness... The character's awareness of himself in the book allows you, I think, to forego having to think about him as a monster and to think about him as a character whose predilections might stem from something else, but also have an additional metaphorical meaning on top of them. Where in this, I think it's just kind of, you know, the guy with the weird voice. Um Lumbering around, see, just th- kind of, you know. I I thought is of Nav- course going to be a, is going to be a person who's going to love Lolita.
1: Yeah, I, see, I I just thought that the writing in, in in Nabokov's book didn't really speak to me that way. Maybe because I had read some of the contemporaries of the time beforehand, like that had similar kind of like styles, like Luke Reinhardt's uh, Dice Man. Has mm-hmm. it has a lot. You read that one? No, it's a really right there if you want part of it. Oh, wow. um, I will borrow it. It's very similar to that kind of like moral ambiguity, but like playing a lot of levity with some really awful things. Mm. Uh,
0: And I'm trying to think of other novels around the time. Um, I think it's the fact that like in the the book, there's a developing moral ambiguity in the movie, which I suppose a movie requires to propel the narrative forward. Because you don't know, if you're seeing this without having understood anything about what, you know the history of lolita as an idea as a book or whatever um you would say like oh is he going to is he just is he going to go there is you know what's he going to do but if you know anything about it you know that like you know he's obviously going to go there yeah. so this this growing the kind of hedging away from it um almost seems counterproductive and you know counterintuitive to like what the movie should really be focusing on which is like the gro- like the. I don't want to say growth because that makes it sound like they're expanding in a, in a way, but like the development of way, these yeah. characters. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't think it does. And it, that Hugh's too much about him just evading capture and less about like any kind of intellectual development of their thinking of the situation. Well, you've
1: seen, yeah, have you seen both versions? Have you seen the uh, Jeremy Irons one? I have one? not seen the Jeremy Irons no, one, though. 'Cause that goes closer to the novel, but adds more innocence to his character in a way. So it kind of removes a lot of like makes him more of kind of like a a subject of his own nature. Um
0: Yeah, well this interesting is, take. I think it's supposed I think it's supposed to.
1: Yeah, but, but less I mean there's there's still that level of manipulation, but it's it's more Sadly, fostered by the world around him, and less like an inherent part, or less a uh, of of a means to an end of his nature. Well, I think like in the book, it's more of a means to an end yeah. of his nature. <laughs> um, and, I, and in the you know the Kubrick film, it's just more he's just a fucking evil person. And I think
0: in that regard, it's it's more in line with something like um, Thomas Mann's Death in Venice, where his where Ochmann's relationship to that boy that he sees that he. It, um, perceives as like the, you know, perfect object, almost like a perfect object of art, um, is more related in the book than it is in this, mm. where he just kind of sees her, and he's just kind of like, oh, she's attractive, and then there's a couple of scenes of him looking at her, and then, you know, she's gone for a little bit. His feelings grow as she, when she isn't there. Yeah. For her to for him to kind of like spy on her and to to dwell on her, you don't get any of that sense of dwelling that it's kind of eating him eating away at him. he just sees her and he's just like okay it does it does that the one. The,
1: the remake does that in spades to an uncomfortable level. I think when you're introduced to Lulita in the irons remake um she is reading a magazine underneath a sprinkler, and so she is so as we
0: wet from time to time
1: um yeah, that remake is, is I don't know why she, my
0: mom let me watch that. <laughs> Maybe she thought you and Dominic Swain would be a good match. <laughs> she wanted to fix you up. Um, it's, an interesting, it's an interesting movie. I always forget that this is a Stanley Kubrick movie. Yeah. Like a, that it's, and then it's, it's the one he made before, you know, Doctor Strangelove. Well, it's like
1: this and Spartacus are like the ones you're like, all oh, right. right. Spart- yeah, like exactly. Movie. Yeah,
0: Spartacus. You're like, really? It's like the he studio
1: films he did. Okay. Um... But yeah, no. It just—it was that rectification of my feelings of how it should be, and this movie kind of like met those expectations. And I felt like I needed to stand the Kubrick movie on this list. Well, another one. I have one more. <laughs> That's actually not the reason. But it's just—it was, it was more a fact of how film sometimes can fill those gaps for you, can fill those gaps of your thought process, can fill those gaps of. That's Stanley Kubrick's son driving a motorcycle. There's
0: a motorcycle riding through the sky?
1: I <laughs> don't no. Well, you got, you got Mary Poppins. Oh, is that Harry Potter? Harry Potter. Movie oh, just right. Came out, yeah, so yeah, yeah, um, But rectifying that thought you have of se- after seeing something or reading something. Uh, you know, sometimes films work as catharsis uh, or sure. yeah, yeah. slight therapy, as it were. And this one did that for me. That's mm. why it's on my list.
0: All right. So that's it for this week? It is.
1: Um, it's it's early in the day. It's not even 2 o'clock. We usually film this at night. It's usually like 1 o'clock in the morning when we're finishing. And now it's noon. Not today. It's bright out. It's bright out in December. Yeah. It's cold, though.
0: Um, You can go to... What do I want to say? Your website? Pivotal film. Oh, yeah. You can go to PivotalFilm.com. Um, to see list of the our movies that are on our our lists and, uh, list and the beers. A list of the movies. Shut up! It works. That are on our list. Um, and links to um our episodes and links to subscribe to us. Everyone always says on these podcasts, like, give us five stars. And I, I don't really give a yeah. shit if you give us five stars. Yeah. Yeah,
1: just why would just you? Listen? Why would you say rate five stars? I mean, if you want to rate us, go ahead. But like, be honest. Like, really? Like, if, if you think we're no stars, good, right? give us yeah. two stars. I don't well, give a shit. Because, like, let's say you're listening. And you're at, yeah, let's say you're at this point now, We can make a quiet assumption that maybe you've seen a couple episodes. Listen to it. Why we, you said on camera earlier, and now I said scene. Why do we think we're being filmed? I, I don't know. It's just a feeling I have. Is there, is there a webcam in there that's what we're filming us?
0: Um, no, I have tape over it because I'm one of those people. <laughs> uh, what was I saying?
1: Yeah. But if you've listened to a few episodes and you're still kind of like hanging on, but you're like, these guys are pretty mediocre, you
0: know?
1: You, you drop a two, three, one-star yeah, rating and be like...
0: two-star, give us a comment. It says, yeah, like, shape yeah, up, motherfuckers. Well, and yeah, like,
1: if it's, you know, constructive, maybe we can use that. Wouldn't you want to be better? Don't right. you want to be better that's people? That's what I want. Yeah, that's what I, I
0: want, your constructive criticism. I don't want your praise.
1: I imagine, imagine if after a 2006... 2006? 2006, 2016 election, we're just like, well, you know, it's been, yeah, it's what it is, what it is. But we wouldn't have elected 40 new Democrats to the House. That's true, Mario. That is a perfect
0: analogy to what we are talking about yeah. here.
1: And if you want to have other comments about how you're our one Republican listener, you can yell at us from your MAGA account at, uh, at twitter.com slash filmpivotal. Mm-hmm. Or you can look at the uh, rustic decay like the house from Lazaro. Happy has Lazaro uh, at our Instagram account. Did we which,
0: say that was the name of the movie?
1: What? Happy is Lazaro? Yeah.
0: Did we? I don't remember saying I did, it. I did. I oh, did. okay, good.
1: During right after because we, I just got done beseeching you for your mention of my segment. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're you're so beaten down by my tongue lashing.
0: I am ashamedly stacking papers. Yeah, you know, exactly. to try to. Uh, but instagramcom slash pivotal Um, and that's it for this week. We're gonna try to go see some more movies. Um. I don't know. Drink I,
1: some beers, probably. With that.
0: We're definitely going to drink beers. Um, you know, tonight I'm going to East Rock Brewing. There you go. Mario's always at East Rock Brewing. Always. Loves it. Loves it. Turns out I'm actually a co owner. But you should not. also go to East Rock Brewing after you watch a movie so you could drink a beer and we'll talk to you.